Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday matinee to you gentlemen. Steve, Andy, hello. Good morning. Top of the morning to you, sir. I would like to report from Oregon that the sun is up and out, ladies and gentlemen. We have a break in the rain for what is reportedly about 45 minutes, and you have me in here recording with you. 
I'm glad you finally have the sun again. It's been what? We do have the sun. Oh, oh, Andy. (laughs) I mean, what is it now? It's April. I haven't seen the sun since about late September. So, (laughs) And you haven't been outside because all the vampires have just been roaming around. (laughs) Vampires. That's right. That's right. That's that's what it's exactly that's... what it's like here. <laughs> I've decided that since you clearly don't understand what it's like to live in Oregon, I'm going to perpetuate all of these kinds of things. That's right. These kinds of <laughs> salacious weather rumors about living in Portland for you. It's okay. Andy and I are you know in the nice valley of the sun here. I'm you know enjoying my desert landscape, watching bobcats eat rattlesnakes and you know scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm back in my yard. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The most horrific thing that still comes up in my mind uh, when I think of Arizona uh, is Andy with a blacklight and a hammer uh, out there killing scorpions in his backyard that I tell that story all the time uh, because it's constantly in my plagues, my waking and sleeping thoughts. Hey, it's better. It's better to find them there than in your kitchen. Uh, crawling across. The I floor. actually saw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh God! That, Stop that talking. <laughs> I saw the I saw the trailer for the first Purge, the Purge prequel, and I thought the first thing I thought was, "I'll bet it's black lights and hammers." <laughs> I'll bet that's how it started. Uh, how's your movie lives? You guys having a good uh, good week? Yeah, I've I finally have started my Oscar catch up which is uh, taken way too long. And I, I watched uh, The Shape of Water and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So slowly but surely, I'm I'm playing catch up. And I will say, of the four that I've seen now, which also includes Get Out and Dunkirk, I would still put Get Out as my pick of the four that I've watched. That's refreshing. I like that. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, right. I can see that. Yeah. I, I, I saw your review of Three Billboards, and I was gratified to see that you and I are right about in the same... Uh, in in the same place on it. Um, yeah, it's, it was a. It's a. Yeah, go ahead. She, well, it's just it's it's such a, a strong protagonist mm-hmm. uh, that Frances McDormand plays. Um, she's uh, she just makes it harder to click with the film. I thought, and so I didn't. I, I had a harder time connecting with any of the characters. Um, but I mean, I still enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed what uh, Martin McDonough was doing with the film. It's just uh, it, I just didn't fully connect with it. Well, because she's a character that doesn't change. You know, that, I mean, that's the challenge with that movie. You've got a protagonist that doesn't yeah. change, and the character that does change is that's where I still struggle with what he's trying to say with that movie. So, but, but, uh, you know, in general, the character performances are, are very strong. They're just so deeply overshadowed uh, by her dominance on screen. And, and you're right, because she doesn't change, it makes it so hard to sort of fall in love with everybody else. But I love what they did with Woody, for example. Oh, I, thought, yeah. I, I think that was just a, a really powerful choices in that. Uh, in, in that. So uh, a solid movie and um, certainly worthy to be on the list. But I, I have way too many that I, I still haven't seen. I haven't seen Shape of Water what? yet. And so, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that... really. I know. Well, I know. It, Pete, I'll tell you now, it's not one to watch with your kids. <laughs> <laughs> That that's no, all right. Well, Good enough. Good enough. I, okay, Andy's in a different age group. I think you could probably watch it. Yeah, right. like which yes. kids for, for your youngest? No, and then for for your older, for your daughter, yes, but maybe two seats away because there are some moments that are are kind of awkward and uncomfortable to view with your kids. But I think she. Two, yeah, two, two seats, seats away, away on yeah, my just couch. Two, you sit over there. <laughs> I'll sit over here. We'll both be watching it, but 
Now I've flattened <laughs> yes. this cardboard box. I'm going to stand exactly. it up between us. <laughs> I uh, I have not uh, watched it since I was traveling last week. I I got into binge mode on the airplane, and I am uh, I am one episode shy of finishing Stranger Things uh, season two, which I don't know why it took me so long to get to it. Right? But yeah. Those those kids. Those kids are amazing. Like they were great in season one, but they are they are from another plane. Like in terms of their collective capability as performers, I am just stunned. I am stunned in the second to the last episode of season two just how good they are. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a good time with it. So I I can't wait to wrap it up here. Probably hopefully today. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I didn't like the second season as much as I enjoyed the first season, but I still thought right. it was strong. And you're right; those kids are fantastic. It's a it's a great group of uh, young actors that they found for that. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of credit that that I give the season as a result of just stellar performances. Um, and Hellboy too. Uh, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name? The the uh, the, the sheriff. Yeah. Right. Now all I can think of is Sheriff Joe. Sheriff Joe the Hellboy in Stranger <laughs> oh, Things too. you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, Ron Perlman isn't in this. What are you talking about? And I thought, no, the new Hellboy. No. David, David Harbour. Harbour. It's new David Harbour. Right. Dave, David, David Harbour. Harbour. Yes, he is. He's amazing. Does it, uh, I can't, I can't tell when they shot this uh, compared to when they were shooting Hellboy. Uh, but like if, if they had to fatten him up more uh, because he is pretty ripped for Hellboy and uh, it seems like his uniform's fitting him a little bit differently in this move in this season than it did in the last <laughs> season uh, but uh, but stellar all around and Winona is is not um, you know she's not amped to 11 in every single episode in this yeah. season which is which is kind of refreshing to see a little bit more range in her well, her performance so it's nice she's to got see her, her Samwise well. you know She's got Samwise. She's got Samwise. She sure does. To, to Boy. Keep her in, in check. <laughs> that, was, that was a real low point for me, losing Samwise. I was really like, oh, sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, they just couldn't find him, I mean. He, they could not. He was lost. And maybe they find him in the, I don't know. The eagles Moving came on. and took him away. <laughs> run away. Run away. It's, 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 been, it's been six months, Pete. I think you're, you can, you, I think you're, you're okay? okay with the spoilers. <laughs> Is that the spoiler range? Like six months. I, come on. You six can months. spoil it Once now. something drops on. <laughs> Let the cat yeah, out of the Once it bag. drops on Netflix. Rosebud's yeah. the sled. You've got, come on, with binging and with Netflix drops a whole season at a time, you've got like maybe four days before stuff starts getting out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. All right. So it's not my fault. (laughs) Anyway, I was very sad about that. And uh, uh, at least he went out. He got lost in the, as a hero. There you go. (laughs) There we go. I'll put it that way. Yeah. So I, I saw a quiet place. So, so yes, you guys need to go see that. I was really, really, Holy cow. Yeah. Everybody's going to see that because man, is that thing raking it into the box office? Yeah, it's it's I it's not when you guys. I think Pete, did you was that you that brought that trailer the first time to trailer pick Quiet Place? Because one of you two did, one of you two did, and and I thought this looks ridiculous. It's like oh, they've got to be quiet. It was just like them around the house being quiet, and I thought, what is this? Okay. And then I I kept hearing more and more about it, and then I said, okay, let me not. I'm not going to watch trailers. I will. Check this out. And oh my gosh, I had such a great time with this movie. But I have been telling people go to a show like really early in the morning 
because crowds do not know how to be quiet. They just can't stop talking (laughs) at all. And I, I went to a preview screening and so there's no trailers. So like the whole thing comes up once then, okay, you're in at Harkins theater. Great. Then the movie starts and people are still like chit chatting, like small talk. I'm like, there's no trailers. You're going to stop. The movie's called The Quiet Place. Please be quiet. <laughs> be Please quiet. be quiet. Let us enjoy the soundscape of this film. So I've been recommending to people do not go like afternoon, evening, primetime because you're going to have rowdy people. They're going to ruin it for you. Go to an early show where it's either people that know how to be quiet or it's, it's empty because it is a really powerful experience. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed having the jump scares get me, even though I know I saw them coming and just the intensity that continues to ratchet itself up. It's just very well done. Hats off to the. Is there, is there any speaking in it? Is there any dialogue? I'm not giving you any. Sp- I'm not giving or is that you the any whole gimmick? I'm just trying to figure out how long the screenplay must have been. Is it like three pages? <laughs> that I, I don't know. I mean, the movie, I, I will say the movie's only 90 minutes and one of its strengths is it starts as late as it should and it ends as early as it should so it knows when to start and when and it doesn't give you more than you need cool that's refreshing well i think it's Uh, it's crazy that it's uh not only looking to uh take the number one spot spot at the box office but uh uh easily push out ready player one as this one just i mean it's looking like it it could hit almost 50 million for its opening weekend which everybody seems incredibly surprised by so uh yeah it's very exciting for krasinski who uh you know was uh behind this and i uh, yeah i'm really hoping that we can find a babysitter to go although i i mentioned to my wife maybe it's time to uh see if our oldest wants to go see a horror oh. movie with this, so <laughs> oh no no, no, you don't no. Think I so? mean, that's this is not the one for um, her. I, I don't know. I don't know your daughter. I, I, I don't know how much you want to, you know, have you know nights where she's not sleeping. It, it's pretty intense. <laughs> well, it's PG thirteen, so I'm like maybe she. Yeah, can make no. It, it, I mean, it not. is maybe, it is intense, and it is family. It is you know about parents and their kids, and there is a you know um, a just tremendous performance. Uh, from and now her name's gonna elude me. Um, that plays the no, Emily no, Dwight. no, the daughter is the little girl who is also right, the yes, girl, who, right, yeah. who, is, who is deaf, right. and so there's you know a lot of the sign language, and she's a pivotal character in this story, and just a great performance from her. So yeah, I it, it just it, it's it's PG thirteen. It's it's the suspense and intensity that is is really powerful. It's not about you know, blood, gore, and, and all of that stuff. So I, I just caution you because for me, sometimes that is more powerful and stressful when you just have that right. suspense. Yeah. No, so right. if she's interested, you know, let her, let her, yeah. I'll see. She, she can still be pretty, pretty much a scaredy cat. So I'm not sure if, uh, <laughs> <laughs> might not be, might not be the best parental decision. Uh, I don't know. That's it's okay. Awesome. King's, Pete's still the, the king of that one. So, and and and, 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 and several <laughs> King, Kate, no, Well, Kingsman. Yeah. And what was the other one uh, you watched with your son? Was that the uh, what happened to Monday? That you uh, you regretted that <laughs> choice as well. Yes. Well, because I that was the one where I was. We were on the couch and he was watching something in, on his or playing a game or something on his his uh, uh, on, on our iPad and. 
I couldn't make a big deal about the sex scene going on <laughs> right, right in front of him. Yeah, that was that was what happened to Monday. Yeah, no, I'm a fantastic parent. Uh, so, <laughs> well, nothing will ever beat the the woman who brought her like four kids, uh, you know, from like four to sixteen, uh, and sat next to me during uh, "Don't Breathe." That for me was like the worst example of uh, of parenting. Hey, uh, unrelated to movies, but related to senses. How about that for a segue? Have you have either of you guys read the book Bird Box? I haven't nope. even heard of that no. one. Doesn't ring a bell. Okay, this is a recommendation from uh, our own Tommy Handsome, uh, who says it's a similar thing to. Um, well, it's it's only similar in what I, I don't think he's seen a quiet place yet, but um, it's a book that tells a story of a some. Uh, civilization in which you cannot open your eyes uh so the entire thing takes is is a story of these this journey that these people have to take without being able to open their eyes at all because if they open their eyes they see something that makes them crazy lunatics and they go crazy and start killing everybody so they have to be um, they're they're blinded for the whole thing and uh it it sounds like a concept that would be really hard to to sustain over the course of you know 60 70,000 words uh so i'm i'm curious to read it uh might be an interesting thing to put on your book list Good. from <laughs> love no, Tommy always Hansel. looking for something you know cool. make yeah. a, a horrible movie yeah. you know to shoot <laughs> You know, we said the exact same thing. What a terrible idea for a movie, but a great idea for a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk trailers. Let's do it. Who wants to go first? Well, I lost my rights to the red band rule when I bailed on my red band trailer. (laughs) Yes, that's true. I think we should give it to Steve. Um Yes, I think we should give it to me this this week. Okay, because yeah, yeah, we don't have any A24. And I I wasn't sure what Andy just kept, you know, I'm going to do this one. I'm going to do that one. I was like, okay, I'll stay away from everything. And I'll just go with what's expected for me, which is a movie about kids in high school. So because if there's one out there, Steve's going to pick that thing. Uh, This one is Adventures in Public School about a homeschool kid who tries to get into the public school to woo a girl who only has one leg. Uh, apparently the premise is he's got to take some type of, you know, test to, you know, graduate from being homeschooled, you know, so he's learned everything he's supposed to and he intentionally fails the test so he can work his way into public school because he tells his mom, maybe it's time to go to public school. And his mother, uh, played by Judy Greer, who is great movie mom, horrible real life mom who basically is going to say you you need to be successful in public school so i'm going to help you do all these things and is going to teach him how to be a rebel in school to get the attention of this girl and there's just that great scene in the trailer where you know he's going to get high with his mom in the car great great movie (laughs) call child protective services please but uh, this oh. is uh, from Kyle, directed by Kyle Rideout and written by Kyle and Josh Epstein. And I don't, uh, they seem to be primarily actors. This is sort of their first uh, feature, but it seems to hit the sweet spot for comedy and drama that I expect from this type of film. And you've got uh, Judy Greer and. Uh, uh, for Battlestar Galactic fans, you've got Grace Park uh, in there, so a couple familiar faces. 
But uh, this is coming out April 27th, so sort of something to, to tide the kids over before the big uh, summer tent poles come out. But uh, it looked like something that's just a uh, fun, you know, teenage experience. Well, just the fact that the uh, the director's name is Kyle Rideout. <laughs> I mean, that just that sounds so made up that it's just it's just awesome. So, <laughs> so I, awesome. I give it awards just for that, which is uh, fantastic. Um, it, and it does, yeah, it looks like a really fun uh, fun movie. So I'm I'm excited to uh, to check this one out. And you're right, Judy Greer. Uh, I just I I love her in little bit parts and bigger parts. She's always fun to watch and. And as the uh, the mother that I would never trust to take care of my children, um, I think she does a fantastic job here. So, so yeah, great. I, I'm I'm excited about this one. And was that that was Siobhan Williams that they that they had the yes. was the amputee? Uh, and so that that looked uh, that looked cool. Looked like a cool angle. But mostly, the only thing I could think about is Grace Park and all of the news around Nexium right now. Are you guys up on this? No. Ugh. Please, such drama. Okay, get this. Allison Mack of Smallville is reportedly second in command of a secret sex cult at the heart of the self-help group Nexium, And she she was uh, in, Chloe in Smallville. And she had recruited a whole bunch of people, including Grace Park, who was supposedly in this crazy sex cult who uh, left as soon as the founder, I think, he, he got... He he was he was just arrested in Hawaii or something last week, and so it's it's in all kinds of crazy, it's all kinds of news. But if you look for Allison Mack in uh, Nexium, and it's spelled N X I V M, this self help group, you'll find all kinds of crazy news about they they would like brand each other, and it, it was it was monstrous, just monstrous. Uh, and so when I saw Grace Park in there, I was like, wow, I, it feels like she dodged a bullet on a lot of this because the, the news is so much on, um, you know, Mac and I, I can't remember what was the, the woman who played the um, uh, the other uh, in Smallville, her peer, uh, Lana. Never, Nobody remembers? Never I never watched it. Ah, well, that's too bad. I watched it with my kids. It was at the perfect time. And so anyway, they uh, she was in it and uh, and Grace Park apparently got out uh, without a whole lot of press attaching her name to it. So uh, interesting side bit of drama. Sex cult in public school. <laughs> Not in mm. public school. Not in public school. Okay. Well, that's how I'm con- I'm concatenating oh, okay. our topics here. <laughs> I, I don't want to follow the paths that your no, brain takes. So I really don't. High school. They, oh, sex cult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're the one that's tied yeah, it all together. So, well, oh my. Yep. <laughs> I know, totally not movie, but I, uh, I, uh, it's just it's a rabbit hole <laughs> because it's all no, these I, ha- I had people. heard about the, course, the Nexium, yeah. you know, weird sex cult recruiting thing going on, and it had come across my radar. I don't know how sometime last year, and it was just one of these weird things. And I thought, okay, this is either somebody spinning something oddly to try to get attention, or what's going on. But now. Yeah, seeing that it has sort of like blown up, there have been arrests and there's all kinds of strange things going on. I may have to 
spend a little afternoon going down that rabbit yeah. hole with you, Pete, because this is it's odd. Well, and now yeah. there's a big question about yeah, oh, Kristen Kroik. Kristen Kroik was the uh, was the other uh, big big name, uh, but there's now a question that uh, Grace Park may have left Hawaii Five O because oh, wow. of Nexium. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't actually watch Hawaii Five O, so there you go. Well, tying it all together. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, I think it's interesting uh, that Kyle Rideout, uh, his other film that he directed is called Edward, which is a E A D W E A R D Edward, um, which is a biopic. It's a psychological drama centered around world famous turn of the century British photographer Edward Muybridge, who photographed nude and deformed subjects became the godfather of cinema, murdered his wife's lover and was the last British American to receive the justifiable homicide verdict. That's grim. Yeah. I want to see that now, though. The only thing I know <laughs> about him is the pictures too. of the horses. You know, yeah. Cinema. Okay. Right. Yeah. Cinema. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. The feet don't touch the yeah. ground. It was, it was a weak okay. way to circle us back. Well, but there you go. No, but I'm glad you did. You reined us in, so to speak. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's see where his trailer takes us. My That's, trailer. Uh, just... <laughs> Do you know what? I was, I, I, I tried this week. Uh, <clears throat> I tried to clear my palate after Lady Vengeance, but I couldn't. I needed to find another movie in which adults were shooting at children <laughs> and trying to <laughs> trying to, to kill children. And I found it, people. It did not take me very long. Uh, it's called The Darkest Minds from director Jennifer U. Nelson, uh, written by Chad Hodge and Alexander Bracken, who wrote the novel. Uh, and it stars... You know, some familiar names. Mandy Moore is in it. Amanda Stenberg, Harris Dixon. I don't know some of those people. But Gwendolyn Christie, uh, Captain Phasma herself is in it. Uh, Wallace Langham. So some uh, familiar faces in here. And it is the story of uh, children that are imprisoned in an adult world that now fears everyone under 18 because they got powers. And, you know, you give powers to kids and set them loose in the world and as a as a metaphor for puberty and change and hormones <laughs> and then they get to destroy stuff i'm i'm all in i that 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 checks a lot of boxes for me uh and so uh, i it, it, they're really touting from the producers of stranger things and arrival i don't know how much uh how specific credit we should give to that but um you know it looked like a, a it looked like a fairly typical adventure romp of this period that we are in that I am hopeful does something new that was not, uh, you know, outlined specifically in the trailer. So uh, I got my fingers crossed on this one. Did it entertain either of you? It makes me uh, wonder if they would have been better served to say from the director of Kung Fu Panda two and three. Possibly, <laughs> possibly they would. Astute note. <laughs> I, I do feel that uh, that uh, Jennifer U. Nelson, who uh, who is helming this, um, and this is kind of her turn to go from the world of animation, which she has largely lived in um, mm -hmm. for quite a long time. Um, uh, you know, I think it's interesting to see to give her the chance to kind of helm her own feature. And uh, from what I see here, it looks really interesting. And she's been involved in a lot of films before. In fact, like stuff like Dark City. Uh, she was a storyboard artist and stuff. So mm -hmm. she's she's she worked uh, doing a lot of that sort of art department sort of stuff before getting into animation. And then this is her chance to kind of move back. And, uh, you know, it really excites me. I, I'm, um, I thought it looked like a really compelling story that it looks kind of like a superhero-ish sort of story that's not necessarily based on a, uh, you know, a comic line. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, but it looks interesting. I, I'm excited to see what they do with it. 
Yeah, it it's got a little bit of that powered people on the run thing, and I guess what I'm what I'm a little bit nervous about is that I I'm up to speed on the uh, uh, what was the well we've got both Runaways, Marvel's Runaways on um, Hulu, I guess, and then the other one is uh, now I haven't watched the Gifted, so the Gifted, yeah, which is right. which they both have that sort of similar thing. Powered yeah, people discover their powers on the run, yeah, and Logan, oh, that's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point, uh, and so um, yeah, that's the thing that makes me. Uh, just a little bit concerned is that it might be a little bit, you know, derivative. What what'd you think, Steve? Yeah, uh, no, the the trailer looks really exciting. Yeah, it's it's story that I've seen before, and it immediately made me think of Runaways and and The Gifted, uh, as well as sort of the, the powered up teens. But there's something, you know, the trailer's really cut well, so it, it did get my attention and looks looks compelling. It based on a, a novel so i thought okay they've got at least something to keep it rooted in uh story-wise to keep it from from perhaps going off the rails although you can adapt anything and do whatever you want with it uh but yeah it's how how many more of these can we do are we getting to saturation point what is it going to do that's fresh and exciting i may not be a movie i love but it's one that i think hey, i'll probably take my kids to and yeah. we'll have a good time you know summer light summer you know fair and uh having them you know see that they are the voice of the rebellion that is going to take over the world so <laughs> there's that's, always cause, another because that's what's going on there because you got kids rise i mean it's it's really interesting you think about what's going on today with you've got teens you know trying to voice and assert themselves and an older generation trying to dismantle that so it really ties into things like this. And then I think about your daughter and her little adventure camp and how they are, you know, well prepared to right. do exactly what we see in this trailer is wreak havoc on the grown up world. So I, the enemy. <laughs> Noted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she comes home just covered in mud. She's been hanging out in a cliffside waiting for prey. Um, I, th- <laughs> what is interesting to me, uh, actually, I'm, I love that Amanda Stenberg is in this. Um, she's, uh, she's actually playing the lead star Carter uh, in the adaptation of The Hate You Give uh, coming up, which is in post right now. Uh, but if you haven't read that book, I, I have not finished the book, but I have it on my Kindle and I've read the first couple of chapters. And it's one of those that uh, feels like uh, an important story to read. So um, that'll be an interesting, uh, interesting thing for her, too. She seems like a, a quite a capable uh, young actor. So that's it. That's me. Darkest Minds. Excellent. Andy? Well, my trailer is uh, has been a long time coming. Um, I, I, ha- I had a different movie picked, but then when I saw this, I knew I had to talk about it. This is the trailer for the incredibly long-awaited uh, film that Terry Gilliam has trying to get off the ground since the 90s, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. This uh, film is notoriously one of the, uh, the, the films that never got made. And uh, if you ever uh, want to see uh, just the struggles that it's taken just to get this far, check out the uh, fantastic behind-the-scenes documentary that was made um, last time he really got into production on it, which was Lost in La Mancha. Um, Fantastic documentary chronicling. It was supposed to be a behind-the-scenes making of, but the movie completely fell apart and uh, died in uh, in the late 90s and uh, the film um, lost in la mancha ended up just being uh, kind of a a lesson in how a film couldn't completely fall apart and never turn into anything 
um, as the lead actor got ill and they had floods wash away all the gear and they had uh, what else they had like they were filming on some place that had like an air force flying over all the time so they couldn't have any sound uh, just constant constant issues and um, and that was the first time he tried to make this um, Terry Gilliam has uh, tried to make this film I think uh, eight times over the last 20 years um, and the the funding has just never quite gone through and uh, then finally somehow magically um, last year, he um, surprised everybody when he said, oh, production's already begun. And it really kind of threw everybody for a loop that, oh, he finally is doing it and he's making it. And uh, I think he just didn't want to tell people because probably everybody thought it was not going to happen again. And here we are with this version of it that now stars Jonathan Price as Don Quixote. Adam Driver plays uh, plays this this current day marketing exec, Toby Grissoni, who uh, is kind of goes back in time and becomes, uh, I guess, kind of the Sancho Panza for Quixote and uh, and kind of goes on adventures with him. Um, it, the trailer has all of the just fantastic magic and uh, world building that Terry Gilliam is so well known for. It just looks um, just exciting to see all of this coming to life in a way where it's like, wow, it's finally coming to screen. Um, that being said, it's almost, uh, just sad that he still is going through a, uh, a legal imbruglio. He's got this producer who is attached to the last version that he tried to make this, um, Paul, Paolo Branco, who, um, was a producer when it fell apart. And now he is suing, uh, saying that, um, he still owns the rights to the film and and it's keeping them from uh, setting any release dates. So um, I'm hoping that that ends soon, though, so that this film will finally uh, get released because it is supposed to play at Con Film Festival next month. And as of now, it's not. So the the curse is still there. The because curse this has been the cu- of like <laughs> the most cursed production of all time that has just never absolutely been able to make it, and it's that's still wow. Because yep. yeah, I was I was excited to see that he was getting it going. He had a cast. And he was was rolling into production, and then I saw the trailer came out. And I thought, okay, this and I I did not know about these legal issues now with this that could cause even more obstacles for it. Even after he's completed it, that there still are challenges. That's just I can't imagine how frustrating. Oh, I, but it, yeah. yeah, it's insane. And and according to you know his his producers on this on this final version of the film, they think that this guy has no claim. They're saying, you know, that he that guy could never get the funding together, um, and and the whole thing fell apart because of him. And now he's the one suing them, and they're like, he just has no clue. So I don't know if it's just a couple months to sort it out in court, or if it is going to be something that ties it up. Uh, for a long time, so I guess uh, I guess hopefully uh, we'll find out soon though, because I, I just watching this trailer got me so excited to see another uh, really magical Terry Gilliam film. Pete, did we lose Pete? No, right. I'm here. I was hoping Steve <laughs> would jump in. I you know I struggle with this trailer because I I too like I am enthusiastic about it. We've certainly talked en- enough about Terry Gilliam. I'm a fan, and yet Andy, it was so weird. I watched this trailer and I was unmoved. Like I was, I was not interested. It felt like a movie. I was interested where I got a couple of chuckles after out of uh, Jonathan Price. Uh, I, I guess he looks good, but I, 
I just, I was not moved by the trailer. And it, it made me so sad because it felt like that was, I was, like my lack of emotional connection to it was the ultimate indignity to the curse of this movie. And, and so I know I'm going to see it. I, I've, I've got to throw a couple bucks at it because of what he's been through. And I'm, I, I want to contribute my small, small way, my infinitesimal way. But I just, the trailer didn't move me. Is that weird? No, I mean, it's yeah. not. I, and I will say this. I mean, there are films that have been made um, by directors who have been pushing for for years, if not decades, to try making a project that uh, because they're so passionate about the story. And yeah. when it finally gets made and I finally watch it, I go, eh, eh. like I can think of um, Scorsese. Uh, yeah, Scorsese with the Gangs of New York. I really found that to be very middling. Uh, Barry Levinson and Toys. I found that to be awful. Uh, you know, there are these stories that people just spend a very long time trying to make. And in the end, it's great that they finally got their passion out there. But at the same time, when I watch it, I'm like, eh. And I hope that this isn't that. And it very well could be. But like you, you know, even if it's even if I do just end up finding it middling, it's just it, it thrills me that it's going to be out there and that there will well, be and a that he's bit still that making magic. movies, right? I mean, yeah, he, right. he got it made, right? Eventually, he got it made. I was actually thinking of Silence. Wasn't that one that that he he was trying to make for Scorsese was trying to make for twenty five years or something? Uh, that was another uh, one, but I, I liked that one yeah. a lot more than Gangs in New York. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting to me. All right. Uh, well, so anyway, that was that, that. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm I'll celebrate it, but uh, the trailer didn't do it for me. So that's me. I'm I'm sort of there with you, Pete, because I think Terry Gilliam. I, he's in a rough patch for me where I just haven't been that drawn to the movies that he's been turning out over the past, well, I think since, oh gosh, probably like the late 90s. I mean, the stuff that is he's putting out there, like Zero Theorem and Dr. Parnassus and Tideland, I haven't seen any of those because I just, I have not feel, felt compelled. And I put them on my list of I'll, I'll get around to them, you know, someday, but there's always something that's more compelling to watch. Uh, yeah, I have to say that those are, I think the last thing I saw from him is, okay, Brothers Grimm. Eh. And then before that, you had Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, 12 Monkeys. Yeah. So to me, like 19, late 90s, that I'm right there through his, you know, everything he's done. And then I just have not been compelled to watch the, you know, anything he's done. Well, and to that point, I mean, none of those are probably worth watching. I mean, Tideland was yeah. just, that was, uh, you know, Pete, you're probably going to uh, put that on par. I don't know if it's going to be, if you're going to hate it as much as Lady Vengeance, but I don't think, I don't think either of you'd like it. I hated Tideland. It just, it was mm -hmm. such a painful experience. Dr. Parnassus, you know, again, another plagued production with the death of Heath Ledger, but um, I liked what they did with it to get around that, but it still didn't do much for me. Uh, and Zero Theorem, I still haven't seen because uh, like you guys, it's uh, like I haven't been as excited. I haven't been able to get as excited with with that, although I still have it way on my on the top of my list to watch. It's just, uh, you know, I, I want to see him get back into the stuff that he was doing in the 90s. I'm not sure if he's heading in, the in that direction with this one, but I, I kind of hope so. I feel like this is the project that's been kind of bottlenecking so much of his creativity over the last uh, like one or two decades. And I'm hoping that now if he gets this out of his system, he'll finally get back to doing some more stuff that we all are really excited about. I want another Fear and Loathing and, and I, want us, I want that to start something great um, for him. So yeah. that's sad. Makes me sad. But the trailer, check it out, and uh, maybe yeah. we'll get to see the movie one of these days. 
All right. There you go. Let's do lists. All right. So set up, set them up, set them up. Because I wasn't here last time. It was yeah. Just, so and neither was Steve, right? It was just you and JJ. Me and JJ. Yeah. And and yeah. Uh, so we we were uh, the this week we had um, Lady Vengeance on on the plate, and so as our list, we thought, hey, you know what? She gets uh, imprisoned for thirteen years. Uh, let's do lists of our favorite films about wrongful imprisonment, or that have it in there. So that's what we're hmm. talking about: wrongful imprisonment. Go ahead, let's Pete. see. <laughs> All right, I, I guess go, I, go. I guess go <laughs> go because I, I I will let you guys know I have an Andrew Davis film and a Stephen King based property in this list, but probably not the ones that you think. Oh, Interesting. Dear. Interesting. Well, well, I'm I, yeah. I, I'll go back in time a little bit uh, to one that it, it's a movie that I. Uh, I don't. I didn't like it all that much, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, uh, it, it is Bogart and Bacall, and I feel like I should like all of the Bogart and Bacall movies. Uh, this one does some really interesting things in terms of POV, uh, at least for part of the film. It is called Dark Passage. Uh, and, uh, Bogey is uh, uh, the is is imprisoned. Uh, wrongfully, <laughs> and uh, and uh, he plays Vincent Perry. He is convicted for his wife's murder. Uh, he does escape to clear his name. Uh, the the th- fact that it's um, you know that that it it keeps him. It's from his point of view for like the first part of the movie, and that's that's the thing that makes it something unique to see. Um, uh, not unique of the time, but it was uh, it was just interesting to see him. Uh, you know. Uh, see Bogart and, and Bacall do their thing, and and it was it has a, a great performance by Agnes Moorhead in there as well. So, um, who reminds me so much of Nurse Ratched, I can't get it out of my head. Uh, talk, <laughs> talk about someone from another generation, anyway. Um, so it, it's a it's a good movie. I wanted to love it a lot more, and I should probably see it again to see if I um, to see if it's improved in favor. I haven't seen it since we certainly since we started doing the next reel. I haven't seen it in the last you know eight ten years. So uh, I'd be interested to go back to it. Did, I, did Andy, did you sigh? Did I steal this you, one? It was on my list. I I, I didn't okay. have it at the top, so it wasn't a steal, but I did have to cross it off because it was definitely one that I I do remember also enjoying quite a bit, Um, I, I but I also haven't seen it in a while. So I'm like, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I go with that one or not, but um, yeah. it's uh, it's one that's, uh, I think it, it's an it's an interestingly done noir and worth checking out for sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's me. So who's next? I'll go next. Um, I, you know, without even realizing it, after after what Steve just said, I looked at my list and I realized, holy cow, I could do a Stephen King trio. I have three Stephen yeah. King movies on here, <laughs> uh, but I'm not. I'm I'm going to step aside from from that potential thing because I I I have a feeling I know exactly which two movies uh, Steve is going to say, and I'm going to do my best to not steal them as much as I want to. <laughs> I'm going with a film that I haven't seen probably since it was in the movie theater uh, back in 1989. And I honestly have no idea if it's really a good movie or not. And <laughs> <laughs> we never said they had to be good movies. It's right. just <laughs> I, I would be very curious to actually step back and watch this one. But I was thinking about uh, wrongful imprisonment movies. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I can't say for sure that this was the first wrongful imprisonment movie that I uh, that I ever saw, but I feel like this might have been the first like grown up adult um, uh, kind of adult or a wrongful imprisonment movie that my dad actually took me to in a movie theater. Mm. Um, so I'm gonna go with it, <laughs> and I don't know. I, I I really don't know anything to say about this movie other than reading the IMDb description because I don't remember it. 
Um, other than <laughs> at the time that I watched it, I remember it really like it really hit me, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, the cops can do things like that to people!" Like it was <laughs> it was one of those Why movies. <laughs> Why do I have a feeling your dad took you to some weird like women in prison movie that just you've blocked from your memory because it was so traumatic? It's not no? quite like that. No, this is <laughs> okay. This is this is, and I'm excited to actually revisit this one because Peter Yates directed it, who who I, oh, okay. I like quite a bit. He, yeah, you know, Bullet. Okay, uh, you know, Breaking Away. I didn't really care for, but you know, The Hot Rock. I mean, he's done some films that I think are absolutely fantastic. And this is Tom Selleck in An Innocent Man. With F. Murray Abraham in it, uh, and this is a story about a man who's framed by two corrupt cops for drugs, and when he gets out of prison, he comes after them. And honestly, I just really don't remember anything more about the movie. (laughs) But Peter Yates directed it. It's got to have something going for it, and it stuck with me. I don't know why this movie has stuck with me all these years, just remembering the the trauma that, that Tom Selleck goes through and and everything. So I, I might just, after putting this list together, I feel like I might have to go revisit this movie now. <laughs> it's a 6.4 on IMDb. So it's, it's you know, I, I can it's, look. Yeah, it's, it's, it's better than the six star cutoff, right? Yeah, right. It skates over the cutoff. I think you should see it. I actually, uh, if I saw it, I too don't remember it. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. But apparently that's... it is a, quote, uh, riveting performance as Jimmy Rainwood. And I do love Tom Selleck. Uh, right. I know. So it's there it is. He knows how to wear a mustache. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I somehow I missed that one. I don't think I ever saw that. Or if I did, I don't remember it. So <laughs> great, great pick, Andy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I spent five minutes pre apologizing for him. I know, right? I must remember. <laughs> well, <laughs> as, as you know, I like to look at the IMDb plot keywords, and there is, you know, corrupt cop, drug dealing, but also hairy chest. So if you're looking for a good hairy chest film, there you go this is the one you're not gonna find that anymore so take (laughs) a step through history oh my steve what's your what's your uh, first okay i am gonna tell you about the story of a boy named stanley yelnet who is wrongfully accused of stealing athletic shoes and sentenced to hard labor in a horrible camp this is 2003's holes starring shia labeouf Sigourney Weaver, John Voight, Patricia Arquette, Tim Blake Nelson, based on a wonderful young adult novel. I tried to steer clear of the really serious, heavy, wrongful imprisonment movies and and tried to find something a little bit lighter to start my list. And this is what I came up with. I would be surprised if you guys haven't seen this with your kids. If you haven't, I highly recommend it. Oh, one of my favorites. I just love it. Fantastic. Yep terrific pick we adore it around here we watch it all the time and it gives me gives me the chance to bring up the shia labeouf live that rob cantor does again because everybody needs to check that out (laughs) (laughs) yes oh we need to include that in the show notes because that that is just a wonderful wonderful thing it's one of the best things ever i'm not sure i know what you're talking about it's where all the people come out on stage they're all wearing shia labeouf heads and Oh, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. He's following yeah, okay. you. He's lurking in the bushes. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll track that down, too. I just put it. I just uh, sent it to you. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> uh, okay, so my next pick. I So, again, 
trying to recover from our movie of this week, I went with one classic, Dark Passage, and two totally predictable, absolutely, I don't feel guilty at all for loving these movies, movies. And the first one that I'm choosing is The Running Man. Uh, it's a movie directed by Paul Michael Glazer, uh, based on, see, there you go, Stephen King, uh, the novel as uh, Richard Bachman, and uh, written by Stephen E. D'Souza. Uh, but Maria Conchito Alonso is in here, and Yafet Koto, and uh, Jim Brown, and come on, Jesse Ventura, please, Captain Freedom. Uh, I, I find this movie absolutely hysterical and, uh, you know, it came out in 87. So I, I took it probably much more seriously than I do now until I watched the trailer and realized it's set in 2017. So <laughs> as far as I know, we may be dealing with this right now. And we're I just we're pretty close this to is, this. Yeah. Th- yeah. This is, this is the <laughs> season five of America's Got Talent. You know what I mean? So, um, that's, uh, that's, that's the running man, 1987. There you go. That's a brilliant pick. It was on my list too. And this is the one that um, uh, Richard Dawson, uh, he won that. He won the award for um, uh, at the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror Films. He won for uh, Best Supporting Actor. And we just talked about that on our uh, Near Dark episode because he beat out Bill Paxton. And right. I just loved Richard Dawson in this movie. I he's so he's good. This movie is so cheesy. Oh my gosh, this yeah. is so cheesy now to to go back and revisit, <laughs> especially with that opera singer, uh, yeah, you know, stalker <laughs> killer guy. Um, but man, is it a fun one! This is one, and the man is this so different from the book. I, I love the book. Oh. I'd love to see oh, the book yeah. made yeah. as it is. But but you know, ending with a plane like flying into a building. I'm like, I don't know if that's yeah. going to yeah, work maybe anymore. Yeah. No. Uh, but wow, the book is great. Uh, still, I think they did an admirable job here, and it's a it's one of my guilty pleasures. <laughs> it's one where you look at that and you you watch it again, and I, I guess in the eighties, I don't know because we, you know, there's still so much practical effects, and you look at stuff now and go, did they make everything out of cardboard? I mean, it's yeah, right. it's just <laughs> yeah. A, you thought, wait, I saw this on the big screen. How did I not realize they were like? You know, it's so cheap looking, but yeah. I, I guess the spectacle and just thrill of everything just overrode that for me as a teenager. But it's one that I remember. Yes, it's it's cheesy. It's the 80s. It's but it's just ridiculous fun. So, yeah, great, great, wrongfully accused man. Man, I feel like I, I need to go with one of my Stephen King ones uh, because they're all going to be taken. <laughs> it is uh, one of my top five uh, favorite films, and it's it's the Shawshank Redemption, which I think is just one of the best movies ever made. It's just uh, it gets me every time. Uh, it's such an amazing story um, that Stephen King wrote in uh, one of his uh, collections of his shorts. Um, just a beautiful, beautiful story, beautiful characters. Uh, watching the plight of Andy Dufresne as he kind of goes through this journey. Um, when he's wrongfully imprisoned, um, paired with uh, Morgan Freeman as Red in his uh, one of his best films featuring his fantastic voiceovers. Just an amazing movie um, uh, going all the way through to the end with the redemption itself. It's just, uh, it's just an amazing thing. So that's my second pick, Shawshank. Well, Shawshank is a- a stunningly good, and n- not only because of just great performances, but, you know, Roger Deakins um, delivers a... a performance behind the camera uh in in that movie that is equal to every bit of um you know what these actors are doing on screen it's just a beautiful movie so 
Yeah, we should have just called this the Shawshank Redemption list. Because yeah. <laughs> I think that's everybody just agrees that is sort of your starting point of like, okay, yeah, we know that one. What what else yeah. can we talk about? But because it, it's such a, it's just so a, good. a classic. Yeah, it's it yes. That's and that that was that was Darabont's first Stephen King film that he did, right? Because he did several others. It was his first theatrical. Um, he had done some, uh, some. It was like some straight to video uh, okay. things that he had done, like on the Night Shift collection, uh, oh, okay. stuff like that. So he had he had done some other working with the horror stuff with with Stephen King, and that's where I think they kind of got to know each other before he t- helmed this one. I'm just looking at his other buried alive. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Please go on, do something else. Take me away from this one. <laughs> so I'm going to follow up with Frank Darabont's next film, The Green Mile, also about a man wrongfully accused, mm-hmm. arrested and uh, executed, ultimately John Coffey, who is imprisoned for a crime that he did not commit. And this is uh, just an epic uh, film over three hours based on uh, when Stephen King decided to do something different and he released this, uh, he went back to the way they used to do things back in the Victorian days. We'll release little chapters one at a time. And so this thing was sort of, you know, issued out little chunks at a time uh, of this longer story. Uh, But for me, it's one that I think is people, it didn't get the reception that I hoped it was going to get after I saw it. Uh, To me, there's just so many great things working together in this in this huge story but ultimately the, the core of you know john coffee and who he is and what he's accused of him that was just a really powerful uh, experience for me yeah it's a it's a it was a great read and yeah. i i really was compelled by uh the whole story and i i still think pete one of these days i do want to go back and do stephen king but do a kind of the stephen king frank darabont uh trilogy because yeah. i think that would be a fun one to talk I about i think that'd be worth it and michael clark duncan's performance in this movie was oh, yeah. superlative so good. just yeah. fantastic that's another great pick um i uh my last pick is um Again, I know I should feel guilty about this, but I don't. I'm kind of loud and proud, and it's it's one that introduced me to the perils of uh, uh, chemical weapons. Let's say that. Uh, it is proof to me that there is, in fact, one film, one film that I can watch on repeat by Michael Bay, and that is the Rock, 1996, uh, where I learned, in fact, that The Rock's a tourist attraction. It's just amazing. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Stanley Goodspeed. Of course you are. He's just amazing in this movie. I know it might not be the same movie if it wasn't for Ed Harris and, and Sean Connery, but oh my God, I love this movie so much. So uh, that it is The Rock. And you know, it's I, I got into it a little bit because it's been a long time since I think people have seen this. In fact, uh, Connery was in, it, you know, uh, it was, um, uh, he plays the, the role of the fantastic John Patrick Mason. He's a, a former spy and he was put in jail. But was he put in jail wrongfully? In fact, he did steal plans, everybody. He did steal plans, but he was just doing his job as a spy. So I count that as wrongful imprisonment. The U.S. wanted to make him go away. There we go. That's how that's how it happened. Wrongful imprisonment. That was on my list too. So good. Oh, so good. I totally, I totally, <laughs> totally side with your your pull for wrongful imprisonment. Uh, that's just yeah. It's a brilliant movie, and uh, we should so talk about brilliant. that one day. We should. Oh yeah, that would get me talking about <laughs> Nicolas Cage positively again. I, oh. I promise you, I will be positive about Nicolas Cage in that movie. 
Yes. All right. It's, you should just do like a mid mid to late nineties Nicolas Cage series because yeah, right. We get a, Con Air and yeah, this got, there's there's plenty of things that you could put we in could there. Do leaving think, Las Vegas that would really cheer everyone up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, uh, there's there's so perfect. Much. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I Perfect. think you got yeah, yeah, you got yeah, Con Air. You got Face Off. You got Snake Eyes. You got all kinds of good stuff in there. So, wow, yeah, he's he's is, is he a busy guy? Probably yeah, too is. busy. Maybe a little less busy. Well, if you don't stop, you don't have to look back in the past and reflect on what you've done. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, he's always in this project. Don't have time to think about the four prior ones. I'm in, I'm in this right, right now. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. If we can't do Vampire's Kiss, I don't want to talk about there it. There you go. We got to throw that in. <laughs> right, right. Peter Wright. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, of course, Moonstruck. How could we not do Moonstruck? Oh, Look yeah. what they did to my hand. Oh, God, so good. Anyway. All right. Who's next? For Andy, my, next for pick, my final one? pick. Yeah, for my final pick, I'm going with a film that um, when I walked out of it, I I wanted to find somebody who represented law enforcement and just throttle them. This movie so infuriated me uh, about the wrongful imprisonment of not just uh, uh, one person, but a whole group of them. Um, namely, uh, Jerry Conlon and his father. Uh, this is, of course, the brilliant Jim Sheridan film, uh, In the Name of the Father from 1993, that uh, Daniel Day Lewis and Pete Postlethwaite, they just delivered powerhouse performances as father and son who are wrongfully imprisoned. Really, it's, it's uh, J- uh, Jerry Conlon who is wrongfully imprisoned along with a group of his friends. Uh, they're coerced to confess to an IRA bombing that they didn't uh, commit. They just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then because of their wrongful imprisonment and because of the way that the corrupt officials uh, decided things, they they felt that the father needed to be imprisoned as well um, because they assumed that he was part of it. And so, so all of these people are wrongfully imprisoned for a very long time. And then, of course, we get the brilliant Emma Thompson as their lawyer uh, fighting to free them. And really only through uh, happenstance and accidentally be give, being given files that she uh, wasn't meant to be given, finding all the evidence to, to free them after 15 years. It is a powerhouse of a story, uh, just beautifully told, beautiful performances, uh, just so incredible. Uh, it is uh, Jim Sheridan's film, In the Name of the Father. I've never seen it. Oh my! You, Pete. I haven't seen it Shame either. On, what? Oh my! <laughs> yeah, you guys. Just, yeah. Eh, whatever. Oh. <laughs> no, seriously. You guys have to watch this movie. It is so good. I have a feeling he's getting in his car right now. Going to come yeah, over here. Maybe he's going to right I'm now. I'm on my way already. <laughs> oh my god! I'm embarrassed to be recording with you two right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just please. embarrassed. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's on the list. Let's say it's it's been on the list since you know whenever. One of the Oscar contenders that year. How could you have both missed it? Because there were better Oscar contenders that year. I don't know. What ninety three? This was was a big year. This was uh, well. We had let's see Schindler's List, which was the winner. Yeah. We had uh, let's see what else did we have? We had The Fugitive, which everybody saw. I'm sure you both saw that one. The Remains of the Day and The Piano. So it is a pretty st- solid five uh, pick lineup. You know what's funny is you just named all movies that I saw in the theater, and I didn't <laughs> see this one at all. Like I've seen every yes. other one and oh. not this one. Oh yeah, see the piano for me was just yeah. yeah. So yeah, you got, I just you, was. 
I wasn't up for political. But I'll watch Schindler's List, which is also so. Well, yes, because I I had so I was living in Washington D.C. at the time. I was taking a class in grad school that was focusing on poetry of witness which is all about you know genocide holocaust all that the holocaust museum had just opened had been to that had seen schindler's list i was like i'm done i'm emotionally wrecked i don't have time for this give me something lighter give me the give me the remains of the day day. (laughs) (laughs) i will put this on my list you both need to And and so I because this Steve is and I Steve th- and I will do yeah. a special show just Steve and I it'll be the in the name of the Father the one part series it, it's it's going to be called Redemption in the name of the Father there with we Stephen go. P right yeah so because this is based on a true story so yes. I, yes so absolutely. I I, I want to say I'm I'm glad you brought a true story film because I also did for my third pick okay as I go. brought I I brought a true story so I am talking about. Uh, 1999's The Hurricane, the story of Reuben Hurricane Carter, a boxer wrongfully imprisoned for murder, and the team that worked to prove his innocence. Uh, this is uh, directed by Norman Jewison, starring Denzel Washington, also Lee Schreiber in this. It was one that was, you know, not on my radar really well until I I didn't get a chance to go, but. Reuben Carter actually was in town here in Phoenix and a lot of people were talking about it. I said, you know, this is a film that I had heard a lot about, sat down and watched it and just was blown away uh, by this. Of course, it's Denzel bringing Denzel to this. But uh, to me, it's important on this list that we have films based on true stories because um, way back in the early 90s, uh, just after I graduated for college, uh, an acquaintance of mine at college was actually convicted of murdering a girl, uh, wrongfully imprisoned, was finally released 20 years later after spending oh. 20 years in prison, uh, has finally been pardoned by the governor. And I think the state like reimbursed him like $180,000 or whatever. So it was like, oh, here's here's some money. Sorry you spent 20 years in prison. Um, so it was something that as we did this list, I thought I've got to have something that's a true story that I can connect to. And unfortunately, I haven't seen like Thin, Re- uh, Thin Blue Line and a couple of other documentaries about it. But it is something that I thought it was important to bring true stories. So I do appreciate Andy bringing a true story as well. Pete, shame on you. That's all I can say. <laughs> Uh, but he brought Sean Connery. <laughs> I, I I remember enjoying the hurricane quite a bit. It didn't hit me quite as as emotionally as as much as I would have liked it to. But I still cannot get over. I mean, really, Denzel Washington in a role like that. I mean, he was born to born to do that, and he yeah. did. He he again, just like Daniel Day Lewis, which you'll both acknowledge when you see in the name of the Father uh, this weekend. <laughs> you, wow, you, you both, I'm, I'm, I'm amping up your. Uh, I think it's. I think your uh, show is. Uh, you're going to be recording that Tuesday night, right? <laughs> 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 no, but but Dan, but honestly, yeah. I mean, Denzel is uh, he is a powerhouse in that film, so it's it is definitely worth checking out. And I think you're right. It, it, there are so many um, you know, examples, and that's I think what's what's interesting about just these these wrongful imprisonment movies is this is something that happens, and it's a tragedy that that so many people end up spending so much time in prison for things they didn't commit. I haven't seen this one either. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're doing a wrongful imprisonment series now. <laughs> as long as the rock's on the list, I'm okay. I'll, I'll watch anything you want. Oh, man. Oh, that's too funny. Okay. We'll, All right. We'll, do, we'll, do, we'll, we'll even list. throw Con Air in there for you, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. I stay I, I stand in shame. But what are we gonna do for our list this week? Well, let's see, East of Eden is uh isn't that based on a play or a novel? I mean Steinbeck. No, uh, Steinbeck, Steinbeck yeah. novel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's probably too broad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh it, it's definitely it's it's essentially a Cain and Abel story. We could do some something about, you know, brother versus brother. Oh, uh, we could do you know movies with Burl Ives. Burl Ives. Okay, so this is where your IMDb keywords comes in. Oh, outstanding, Steve, our IMDb correspondent. <laughs> Breaking a window. <laughs> movies yeah. where someone breaks a window. Yeah, smashing one's head through a window. Cake. <laughs> I want to do any crossover any that exists in that Venn diagram of someone's yeah. head through a window and cake. cake. But I think you, uh, uh, as you mentioned, Pete, the brother versus brother piece. I think. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be too limiting, but I think that's that's going to be your your main through line through that one is your brother versus brother. I think yeah. that uh, it will be a fun one to search for because I feel yeah. like I, I've seen examples of that. And, and so I, I, I'm sure we could find some interesting uh, but, films to talk but about. But if you're like me, like I, I too, I feel like I've seen movies that, that are brother versus brother, like movies that are interesting and I can't think of a single one. So like you, I think it'll be fun to search for. Well, there's the two um, brother boxing movie that one of you talked about on the uh, on one of your lists already. Yep. What's that? I'm called? not telling you. Oh, the no, the one with um, Joel Edgerton and yeah, right, right. Uh, oh, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Warrior. It's the name. Yeah, yeah the Warrior. But you right. guys talked yeah, about right. that on on a list already. So right, right. So I'm right. mixing okay, that. So one. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that one off first. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this it'll be uh, this uh, that'll be good. Brother versus brother. Our favorite brother versus brother movies, and um, that'll be uh, that'll be a good list next week. How easy was that to come by? Love it. Thank you, East of Eden, for being so transparent in your uh, <laughs> in your. Thematic devices <laughs> oh man uh any other news for the week before we uh, wrap up uh not that i can think of i think we're uh i think we're ready to kind of uh push on forward and and kick off our james dean series and uh and get out of this crazy vengeance world we've been living um, in for, for three weeks so huh? done so done <laughs> i haven't been able to get that stupid lady vengeance out of my head <sighs> yes yes mm-hmm. yeah right. that, well that, yeah that's I was like, oh, maybe I'll do this revenge list. Then every time I just, I, I'm like, I don't want to put myself through this. What am I thinking? It's like a torture series that you guys yeah. put yourself through. Yeah. And then I, just- I loved it. It was a, it was a series. I just absolutely enjoyed uh, I know. I think Pete enjoyed it up until the end when I did. All yeah, very much. For him. yeah. <laughs> and and, and oh. I enjoyed very much up until that point in the movie. I just think it was so such a distasteful choice. Uh, and and I, but uh, Old Boy, of course, is stunningly good. I I really enjoyed it. It, it is a it is a challenging watch, but it's I it's fantastic. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I I liked them all. I think the most subdued, Mister Vengeance, uh, is the most subdued of the three, and probably the uh, not as accessible. I think as Old Boy, but um, but very compelling story. Yeah, 
and and it feels very natural unlike lady vengeance which feels unnatural to me uh in a lot of ways so just the presentation of it so anyway it's a good it's a good mix uh, you should okay. check it out those are those All are right. good well movies. I'll, I'll i'll watch them after andy ties me down to a chair and makes me watch in the name of the father so. <laughs> redemption in i'm on my way right now perfect yeah, he's, he's gonna be like blu-ray in hand here we go <laughs> all right <laughs> All Excellent. right, you guys. It's been a good week. Thank you, yeah. uh, everybody, uh, Patreon supporters, for uh, for helping us out, helping uh, uh, to make this thing uh, part of our lives and help us continue to do it. We sure appreciate your uh, time and attention to that. So, uh, thank you, Steve and Andy. It's great to talk to you, and uh, we'll be back next week. See ya, Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.